the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ, Talk 1640, 93.1 L Ray, and 104.1 The Fish. Proud that Fish Fest is coming Saturday, August 19th to Salem's Riverfront Park with Mercy Me, Matthew West, Mac Powell of Third Day, Andy Minio. Jordan Feliz and for all seasons, you won't want to miss Fish Fest. And in fact, you can promote your church, ministry, or business in front of thousands of people with a booth at Fish Fest Saturday, El Rey's Reventone Sunday, or at both events. And you'll get noticed the weekend that people from all over the world will be visiting Salem for the eclipse. Make sure that you get an early start. People from ODOT have been expecting traffic to be worse on that weekend than in the history of the state of Oregon. So gas up the car, bring food and drink, and make sure that you get an early start. Today's guest is Pastor Jonathan Russell. He is the lead pastor of Sunnyside Adventist Church on Southeast Market Street in Portland, and he also serves at First Friday at Adventist Health, located on Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205. So Pastor Jonathan, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing great, Mike. Thank you for bringing me in today. Appreciate it. Well, it's good to have you aboard. And I noticed that we probably first met in person at the Pastors Masters. So are you any good at golf? Boy, do I wish I were. I like to think so. If I played more, maybe. Do you enjoy it? I love to be out there. I I love uh, spending time with other people in the foursome and just enjoying a good walk in the park. I personally have never golfed before, so I don't really get it all, but it seems like people are having a great time out there. So thank you for joining us. And how did you do this time as opposed to in the past at Pastors Masters? You know, this time I I played a little bit better than I have in, in years past. It was fun. I got to meet some new people. And, and actually this year I came, I signed up for the tournament all by myself. I wanted not to play great golf, but to meet new people. And so I was actually a little disappointed when I showed up and I was in a foursome with three people I knew already. Oh, that's a bummer. Well, you know, next time, make sure to ask us, Jonathan, and we'll be sure to put you with people who might be first timers or from different areas. I met pastors from California, Washington, places nowhere near Portland, and they came out to the pastor's matches. So we're glad that we had an opportunity not just to go outside for a day and enjoy Langdon Farms Golf Course, which was just a a lovely, stunning venue for us to be at, but hopefully even more so to give pastors, ministry leaders, etc., the ability to just be and not serve. 
You know, I appreciated you guys because when I showed up and knew everybody in my foursome, you were quick to switch me out and to connect me with some people I didn't. So I had a great time connecting with some new people, and it was a beautiful day anyway. So it all turned out great. Well, I'm glad that you could join us. Lead Pastor Jonathan Russell of Sunnyside Adventist Church on Southeast Market Street. So by all means, plug your church. According to your website, Sunnyside Adventist Church has services Saturday mornings at 845 and 1115 with a 10 a.m. Bible study in between. How long have you been at Sunnyside Adventist Church? You know, I've, done, I've been at Sunnyside for about eight years. I've done about four different ministry roles in that time. And for the last two years, I've been the lead pastor there. So what other hats do you wear before becoming the lead? The first job I had was as the young adult pastor. We're right there on the campus of Adventist Medical Center with Walla Walla University's nursing school campus. So I came to serve the college campus and the extensive number of young adults, Seventh-day Adventist young adults in Portland. So I started there, did that for about two years, transitioned for three or four years into varying capacities in terms of administration and building projects and different pieces like that. And then two years ago, accepted the lead pastor role. Is this something you aspired to or expected? I knew that one day I would probably be leading a church somewhere, but I didn't expect it to be Sunnyside. In fact, when I was first invited to come to Sunnyside, I told them to go away. I said, Sunnyside is not the kind of church that I want to be a part of. So don't call me again. So why was that? Well, I grew up in Portland, and my picture of Sunnyside as I was in Portland was that it was this kind of institutional, cold, uh, unfriendly church. And I just could not see myself ministering in a place that was that traditional, that cold, that anti-human, it seemed. That was my perception. So what changed? It's a funny story. I was at the seminary, and in the six months between that first call when I said, go away, and the second call when they said, we really would like you to come here, God had been working on my heart to, to develop a passion to bring the gospel in real time to young people. And there was some way in those six months where it's like God hit me in the face, and he says, Sunnyside is on a college campus. What are you doing? And so the next time they called in, in those six months, they, I said, okay, I'm listening this time. And they said, will you come and interview with us next week? We'd like to meet with you. And when they offered a call to be a young adult pastor, I couldn't say no. God had done the groundwork and I was stuck. It's amazing how we come up with these ideas. And I'm picturing God up in heaven just kind of scratching his chin, chuckling because he knows better. And I thought I knew better, too. You know, I've always heard it said, you know, don't ever tell God where you don't want to go because you're bound to be there. But I, in spite of what I knew, I still told him, I said, I'm not going to come there. That's not my kind of church. And yet, here I am eight years later. So how's it been so far, at least over the last couple of years, of transitioning into the lead pastor role at Sunnyside Adventist Church, Pastor Jonathan? You know, it has been an incredible blessing. Um it's an amazing story of what happened. We we typically have a, a pastoral staff of three. We have a lead pastor, two associates. And when I was one of the associates, in the course of about two weeks, we went from three pastors to one. One of our associates accepted a call to a different place. Uh, our lead pastor had a medical issue and went on medical leave immediately. And it left me as the only pastor in this church of over a thousand members. And it was an incredible challenge. 
is this something that you had expected so relatively early in the game as being a pastor? Not at all. You know, I've always been in the mindset and the mode of doing everything I can to bloom where I'm planted, to to answer the call of ministry wherever it may be. And so I didn't know uh, exactly where God would lead me, but I've always done my best to answer his call where he leads. And I'm one of the youngest pastors in the history of this church. It was an incredible story of how they would even wish to have me as their lead pastor. But I'm just, I'm I'm thankful for the call, uh, not because it's easy, but because every day I wake up knowing beyond all shadow of doubt that God has called me to this place for this time. So correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor Jonathan Russell of Sunnyside Adventist Church, but Right around Pastors Masters weekend, isn't that when the Adventist pastors have a get-together here? Absolutely. So the week before the Pastors Masters, we had our Oregon Territory camp meeting down at the Gladstone campground. We had, over the course of the week, close to 10,000 Seventh-day Adventists gathered for worship, for study, for fellowship. It was an incredible event this year. So... Do you meet many of them from outside of the Pacific Northwest? It's interesting. In the Seventh-day Adventist culture, we have lots of people that jump in their RVs and tour around from one state to the next, catching all of the camp meetings. So you'll meet people from all over the West and beyond as they make their rounds and stopping in Oregon for that third week in July. Of all the different pastors that I have the privilege to deal with here in the Portland area, Jonathan— I've noticed that there are a lot of different ways to have that Sabbath, to have that rest. Yes. I don't necessarily know if I agree or disagree with them, but some of them take off, say, Friday every week. Others take off Monday. Others work seven days a week and then take off a multi-month vacation in the year, and they call that their Sabbath. And I think if there's one common thread that many ministry leaders share, unfortunately, it's the inability to get away. When a church goes through a pastoral change, sometimes it's good for the pastor to be out of sight. Case in point, back in New York, I went to Smithtown Gospel Tabernacle, and the pastor of close to 30 years had felt led to step down. And over a two, two and a half year or so process, if I remember correctly, when the next pastor was going to take the lead, our former pastor, who was then named the Pastor Emeritus, deliberately stayed away for the next six months. Now, I've seen other churches transition by deliberately keeping their pastor in the narthex and and greeting people and saying, you know what, there's a new lead pastor, but we're still the same church family that we were, just under a different mantle. So what were your thoughts when all of a sudden you, young Pastor Jonathan Russell, were about to take lead over at Sunnyside Adventist? Well, to begin with, it wasn't clear that I would be the lead pastor. I stepped into an interim role. It it took six or eight months for them to do a nationwide pastor search and then finally decide that they wanted me to stay. And so my job was to just kind of keep things steady. And I'm so thankful for the local leadership of the church. We had a great group of elders and local leaders that that really shared that burden of pastoral ministry so that I didn't have to take it alone. It was an incredible blessing. Once they did ask me to stay, I'm thankful that the former lead pastor 
is still a member of our church and he still participates. He's the, he's the chairman of the landscaping committee now. So he takes responsibility for maintaining our grounds and making sure that it's a beautiful place. And he and I have a good relationship and it has been an incredible blessing to be able to demonstrate that this is still Sunnyside Church and we're going to just keep trying to follow the gospel commission as God has put it in front of us. Sunnyside Adventist Church hosts services Saturday mornings at 845 and 1115, plus a Bible study at 10 a.m. in between. You'll enjoy Vacation Bible School. Maker Fun Factory will be held August 25th through the 27th. And a legendary voice who coincidentally was the first musician I got to interview on the air, Steve Green, is coming September 16th. And if you want to be considered to sing in a backup choir... You can call 503-502-1376. That's 503-502-1376 to inquire about being a backup singer for Steve Green coming to Sunnyside Adventist Church. Another hat that Pastor Jonathan Russell wears is working with First Friday over at Adventist Health. So when we return, more with Pastor Jonathan Russell and all about First Friday at Adventist Health on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with a couple of friends in the studio right now. We have the lead pastor of Sunnyside Adventist Church, Pastor Jonathan Russell, who also serves at First Friday at Adventist Health. And joining him now, our old friend, Dr. Terry Johnson, who I love to refer to as the newlywed. Now, you know Dr. Terry as the executive director of mission integration, whatever that means, over at the hospital known as Adventist Health on Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205 in Portland. And you may also remember Dr. Terry from Thursday mornings on 104.1 The Fish. Dr. Terry, thank you for joining me, and Pastor Jonathan, how are you today, Terry? Well, you, first of all, uh, Mike, you make me fa- sound so important. I thank you so much for that. And it's just such an honor to actually be here live with you. This is crazy. I'm normally listening to you on the other side or looking at you through the window, but now I'm here with you. So thank you for making my dream come true. Okay, folks, you want to hear an impressive bio? Check this out from the website. Ahem. Dr. Terry Lyndon Johnson served as a presidential honor guard for three U.S. presidents despite being diagnosed with an extreme case of dyslexia as a young man. So no matter what condition you have, friends, no matter what hand you have been dealt, don't let that stop you from moving forward. You might have to do it a little differently, but if you look at Terry, he is a living example of God being with you no matter what. Terry's full story can be found in his books, titled For His Honor and Aim High. He went on to earn a master's with an emphasis in family ministry and doctoral degree at the prestigious Wesley Theological Seminary of Washington, D.C. Terry has traveled the world sharing his story, speaking in over 67 countries, and after years of ministering to young adults— Dr. Johnson served as senior chaplain and operation manager of the legendary WGTS-FM in Washington, D.C. for more than eight years before coming back to Portland, where he now serves at Adventist Health as executive director of Mission Integration. So now that we've spoken with Pastor Jonathan Russell and with you, Dr. Terry, another common thread that you two have is working with young adults. Yes, that's in fact, that's why uh, Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan, myself have bonded so much, because We've had that same path of uh, 
the responsibility of working with youth and young adults. And, you know, we can all say that they're the future of the church, but no, no, they're the church right now. And if we don't minister to them right now and we try to wait to do it sometime in the future, it's it's going to make a difference. And so I've just been thrilled for the last 17 years that I had the honor of uh, being a youth and family minister. Was that always on your heart, Dr. Terry, to work with the youth? No, uh, what basically happened to me, um, after I was at the White House, um, anyone who works within uh, five feet of the President of the United States, you have to take what we call a presidential psychological examination. And it's just a fancy test to see if you're crazy or not, because you have a gun next to the president. And so uh, when they were done for our testing, all of our Secret Service, FBI agents, we all passed. As they said, as stepped, they said we want to see one person. We need to see Airman Johnson. So they approached me, and I was thinking something was wrong. I'll never forget a friend of mine. He wasn't a friend at the time, but he walked by me. He was a Secret Service agent. He says, man, you must have lied. They're going to arrest you. So I'm absolutely horrified, thinking that what in the world they want to see me for after three days of testing. Well, they came to me and said, we just want to find out one thing. You have one of the worst cases of dyslexia we've seen, but somehow you're reading at a college level. It's not making any sense. And we're actually taking bets on you downstairs trying to figure out what method that they used. And I, they started naming all this fancy stuff, Mike, and I just, I said, I've never heard any of that. They said, well, how did you learn to read? I said, the well, only thing I can trace it to uh, was Mrs. Sherlock in the second grade over at a school called Columbia Christian. She used her Bible and her ruler. And you should have seen the look on the lady's face. A Bible and a ruler. And, and I'm not making this up. She said, now, you know, they're going to do a background investigation. If you're not telling us the truth, you're going to be in trouble. I said, ma'am, that's the only thing I can tell you. And so in those days, they did my background check, $85,000, uh, sent a whole team here to Portland. And just to make sure, because once again, we're next to the president with live ammunition and all that stuff. And the most interesting thing about it is they came back and said, your story is exactly the way that you said it. The only thing we can trace you learning to read was a ruler and a Bible there at Columbia Christian. And so after that, I um, realized that I wasn't dumb because I would try to explain to teachers and all through the years that, that it just wasn't making sense. The letters looked funny to me. And those days when I grew up, they didn't know what dyslexia was. And so, and so when that came out, it made sense that, Terry, you weren't dumb, that you really do see words differently. And so I made a pledge right there that I would do all that I can to help young people who are struggling of wondering what they want to do with their life. And, and I, I, I looked at it this way. If God could take a kid like me who couldn't read and place him in the White House to serve not one but three presidents, the longest-serving honor guard ever, that surely he has a purpose for every young person out there. And so I decided, uh, I, I shocked everyone. I resigned from the White House and went to a little Bible college in Huntsville, Alabama called Oakwood University and studied youth ministry, and I became a youth pastor. We need to backtrack with you, Dr. Terry. Dr. Terry Johnson on 104.1 The Fish, Thursday mornings, giving you great advice for you and your families. So, Dr. Terry, can you tell us which three presidents you served under at the White House, and do you have any good stories to reminisce about? Oh, man, you're going to make me feel old. When I say the first one I served, you're going to get, he's an old man. Uh, The very first president was Ronald Reagan, but it was his second term that I was uh, um, chosen to be part of the team. The average honor guard stays for one year. They get highly decorated, and they go on. uh, um, You know some of the generals and different ones who were honor guards. And um, I end up staying my entire military career, which is unheard of. 
uh, there. And that's a story within itself. So why is that? Do they take the honor guard position as prestigious, but as a stepping stone to something else? Generally, what happens is that if you're at an Air Force base and they do something they call Air Person of the Year, and that could just uh, uh, so other words, your squadron can nominate you, you compete against other squadrons and you become you end up winning your squadron's division and then you become uh, Airman of the Year or Air Person of the Year. And as a reward for that, because you've shown that you're the best that that base has, is that a lot of times then they will then send you to Washington, D.C. to serve one year as an honor guard. And uh, you work with the president of the United States, you get all these fancy medals and stuff on your uniform, and then you go back to your base again, and that's something that will be with you for the rest of your career. Now, the thing with me is that I joined the Air Force to travel the world, never left Washington, D.C. my entire military career. So there it went for me, but um, (laughs) that was my claim to fame. And then after that, I served uh, President George Bush, the father, and then after that, I served President Bill Clinton, and those were the three presidents that I, I worked with. So, without indulging in anything too sordid, do you have any uh, great memories that stand out in your career in D.C.? Well, I I guess I would put it this way, that people always ask, do you have a favorite president or who stood out? On average workday, four days out of a seven-day week, I would be at the White House. I would uh, be at some function, something going on. And I think the thing that stands out the most, Mike, is that you see how human the presidents really are. In fact, there's an old uh, um, Roman saying that the emperor is perfect to everyone except to his personal valet, the person who really sees him behind the scenes. And I think that's the thing with me, that you discover how human uh, the presidents are. And they each have different personalities, different senses of humor. And uh, probably what stood out the most is uh, Ronald Reagan, as always. Uh, He would come across as a grandfather, always asking you for good jokes and what was funny. and, And I really enjoyed working with him. And then a person who had a personality very similar to Ronald Reagan was Bill Clinton. And that was the craziest thing. If you ask anyone who worked for both of them, they will tell you that their people skills were almost the same and how they uh, um, they may have had different personal lives, but as in uh, as in their personalities. And as you know, Ronald Reagan and Bill Clinton became very close friends um, after um, um, just before Reagan started to really uh, go downhill with his Alzheimer's. But. They became very close friends. And then George Bush and Clinton became uh, very close friends. And I think the interesting story about that is a few years ago when uh, when uh, President George Bush was in the hospital and the very first thing he said after they gave him air and he said, did anyone call Bill and let him know that I'm here? And they're looking around, Bill, who are you talking about? And then he said, Bill Clinton, I want to build him next year. He knows I'm in the hospital. And so when W came in, he was so mad in a funny way. I can't believe that my dad wanted to ask about Bill Clinton before he even asked if I knew that he was sick. And so you see how human these guys are, and they get to know each other and different things like that. First-hand White House information from Dr. Terry. Dr. Terry Johnson is the executive director of Mission Integration at Adventist Health. And another common thread that you have, Dr. Terry, with lead pastor Jonathan Russell of Sunnyside Adventist Church is the fact that you had this dream, you had these ideas, and yet God really changed your heart and turned your path. So in Pastor Jonathan's case, it was certainly not serving at Sunnyside, and yet, Jonathan, look where you are now. And in your case, Dr. Terry, it was seeing the world and yet never leaving Washington, D.C., I love it. Go figure. Amazing how God works, right? That's exactly, man. Isn't it so funny? We can plan our whole lives out and 
plan out what's going to happen. And then, you know, the old Jewish proverb is that uh, God, uh, we make plans and God laughs. And I think uh, uh, many times that I think, Pastor Jonathan, as we look at our lives and our journeys, uh, if we're truly committed to God, uh, we have to be open to what he has for our lives because we can plan it out ourselves. But if we want to say, Lord, I want you to be the one in charge, and then um, he may have a different path for us. When we return to Difference Makers, we're going to find out all about First Friday and why you might want to drop in on our friends at Adventist Health. More with Pastor Jonathan Russell and Dr. Terry Johnson on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, and in the studio we have the lead pastor from Sunnyside Adventist Church. His name is Pastor Jonathan Russell, and he's a pretty decent golfer. We can attest to that from our pastor's (laughs) masters. And alongside him, our old friend, Dr. Terry from 104.1 The Fish, also known as Dr. Terry Johnson, the Executive Director of Mission Integration at Adventist Health. So what on earth does the Executive Director of Mission Integration do, Dr. Terry? What does that mean? It's a fancy title that means that um, (laughs) – let me me back up, but it is a fancy title that means that I think he doesn't even know. I know that's what it boils down to. Uh, One of the things is that at Adventist Health, we're a faith-based hospital system. In fact, one of the things that we're so proud about our hospital is that if a person requested prayer, even from their doctor, that they will um, have prayer provided for them. Uh, our nurses pray with our, our patients. Uh, uh, it's just not the chaplains. It's the whole experience that we believe in what we call whole person health, that it takes mind, body, and soul to truly heal uh, a person completely. And so um, what I do as part of mission integration is to take that unique uh, mission, which are our, our, our Mission statement basically is uh, to practice the healing ministry of Jesus Christ in a nutshell. And what I try to do as mission integration is to find organizations in our community that have like-minded missions. And maybe they're doing a health event at their uh, at their church or their synagogue or whatever, is that I can partner with them and we can do some fun stuff together and see how we can support each other. And like I like to say with mission integration, it's finding how I don't have to make a new will that there are many wheels already made out there and there's churches that are doing great things like the Sunnyside church. Um, I'm just blown away. If you see their VBS and different things that they do. And so instead of me trying to start something up all over again, I then will be able to direct patients from the hospital who may ask about a VBS program over to an organization that already has one set up. And we do that from food. We work with Portland rescue mission, you name it. We have these partnerships and as inter- mission integration, Taking our mission of the hospital, the, uh, you know, the demonstrating the healing ministry of Jesus Christ, and connecting that to the community in the city of Portland. I love how you're doing that, Dr. Terry. And I think it's healthy to not try to reinvent the wheel. Yes. Jonathan Russell, you're the lead pastor of Sunnyside Adventist. So let's just say 23-year-old girl or guy just graduates from local Christian college, head on straight, decent enough walk and wants to start a Bible study or a small group for, say, teens to 30-year-olds, what would your response be to that? My response is simple. Let's make it happen. To me, when somebody is called to ministry, my role as a pastor, as a leader in God's church, is to to open the doors, to do everything I can to open doors so that people can serve. If, if they need connections, if they need resources, our role as leaders is to simply open those doors so that they can do it. 
Now, in all fairness, as a broadcast journalist, if you want to call me that, I haven't spoken to either one of these pastors, nor do I care to. But in both instances, these young women were shot down in their tracks. One of them even went back and said, look, pick the Bible study. We will run it under your mantle. And he still said no. So that in my head is the sign of a control freak. But conversely, I love the fact, Dr. Cherry, that what you're doing at Adventist Health is the polar opposite of that. You're not trying to reinvent the wheel. You're not trying to be control freaky over every little thing that goes on underneath your ministry. You're saying, does this serve the world, the community, to draw it closer to Jesus Christ? You're like the For the Joy of It team. We've come up with these great programs that God's given us for, say, tween age girls. Run with it. If you want to call it our name, great. If not, we don't care because it's not about us. It's about him. So I love the fact that what you're doing at Adventist Health is reaching out to the community in a way that is not being separatist. And one of those ways is First Friday. Now, First Friday, according to the website, is a non-denominational worship experience in the hospital setting, in this case, at Adventist Health. So, gentlemen, you work on this together. Can you tell us a little bit more about First Friday? Yeah, I'll start off, and then I'll have Pastor Jonathan kick in here. Uh, when I first um, arrived um, here around a year and a half, almost almost two years now, um, I remember walking the hallways, and, um, um, and we call it rounding in the hospital setting. That's just when you walk around with no purpose. It was just getting out of your office and just being with the people. And I remember a nurse, I, was, I just asked her a question. I said, you know, what, what do you love about your job? And she said all this stuff she loved about it, which I was excited. And then I said, what, are you, what don't you like about your job? And she said this. I miss singing. And I said, miss singing? What are you talking about? I, I don't understand. She says, well, Terry, um, I work the weekend shifts. And uh, uh, every Sunday I'm here working. And, and one of the things I used to love to do five years ago was just sing in a congregation. And I said, well, that sounds nice. And, and we said some other stuff, and I walked away. Later that afternoon, I was walking by the auditorium, uh, which seats 300 people. And I noticed that um, it was empty. And the ideal came across to me would stop us from having a service here that would just basically three things that we would have music where people could sing together. Those who work the crazy late night shifts and get off and all that stuff, they could come together and sing our surgeons coming out of surgery. What if we were to offer prayer? And the third thing, a, 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 a inspirational testimony. And we're not there for any other reason. We're not trying to trick them into joining something or whatever. But why not come to a hospital when you're not sick? Why not come before you're sick and praise God? And so um, um, I started finding there were like-minded people in the community. And Pastor Jonathan was one of the first ones uh, we came across. And as Jonathan has just said there, when someone came to him and, uh, you know, if someone were to come to him and say they have a ministry ideal, I'm living proof that this guy will listen and if it sounds illogical and it can happen, he said, I'm for it. And he was one of the first pastors uh, to sign up and say, I'm, I'm for this thing. Let's make this thing happen. And uh, he's thrown resources behind it. It's just been absolutely fantastic. We uh, are about to have our year, is it two-year anniversary or one year? Coming up this year, it'll be two years. Two-year anniversary of this. And, and so we invite some. That's, this is amazing. And that's how the concept of it started. So, Pastor Jonathan Russell, in addition to serving as lead pastor of Sunnyside Adventist Church, what exactly do you do at First Friday at Adventist Health? So, my role is to put together a team. I 
I am one of the, the church partners. And so I work on finding the stories and putting together the music. And we design the service two or three times a year. Um, I also work behind the scenes with Terry to just make sure that, that we're hitting our marks, to make sure that this worship experience is doing what we're hoping to do, which is connect and reach out to those who wouldn't get caught dead in a church, but they, they're familiar with the hospital, so they might come to the hospital to worship. You know, it's funny. I grew up with illness in the family, and as a result, the hospital was a scary place for me. And I realized that, yeah, babies are born in hospitals, good things happen, people get fixed and healed. But I always had an aversion to hospitals as a result of that. So to me, it's kind of a real sad statement on us as the church, not any particular denomination or congregation or building, but on followers of Christ that so many people— at least in the city of Portland, will feel more comfortable walking into a hospital of all places rather than walking into a church. Are we dropping the ball in other areas, I wonder? Well, the thing about it is is that um, um, me as a former pastor, and I, I'm guilty of this, is that there are many times in certain churches people have an agenda that uh, as soon as you walk in, they want you to become a member, and for good or for bad reasons. But there are very few places uh, where you can go. There's a safe spot where you can just sit for a little bit and listen to that voice. I still believe that God still talks. And then when God tells you it's time to connect with that or to go, that let, let God do it. But in the meantime, let's still have, provide a safe place where a person can at least sit for a little bit, breathe, worship him without an agenda. So, Dr. Terry, do you think that sometimes perhaps those of us serving as well-meaning altar workers or ushers or greeters— ought to maybe preferably just get out of the way and let God talk to somebody rather than have us interrupt. <laughs> I, I think there is some wisdom in that. As I look at my own journey, there is some wisdom. Uh, wisdom. One of the things that we try to teach our chaplains, and it was the hardest thing for me to do, is uh, um, um, I was taught something called pause, that when you go into a hospital room is that you have to stop having an agenda because you may go in with the agenda that I want to pray with this person, I want to put oil and heal them, but there are different reasons that God may have you there. And sometimes it's just a ministry of presence. You don't say a word. Sometimes it's the ministry of touch. You just simply just pat that person on their shoulder and say, I'm thinking of you. But in order for that to happen, you have to pause and listen to God's voice. And I believe that God still speaks. And I would love that to happen in a church setting that we, once again, it's hard. I'm guilty of it. Every time I go even to a room, is having a pre-planned agenda. But when it comes to ministry, just uh, simply be open to hear God's voice. And I think um, he's still talking. Great words from Dr. Terry, heard on 104.1 The Fish. In addition to Pastor Jonathan Russell, not only lead pastor of Sunnyside Adventist Church, but also helping out at First Friday at Adventist Health. So, gentlemen, if we have people working in ministry who'd like to partner alongside you, what's the best way to inquire about joining your efforts at First Friday? The best thing I would suggest is to contact us um, at the hospital. And once again, um, uh, you have our email address. In fact, this is still this. You can go contact me personally at terry, T-E-R-R-Y, dot Johnson with two S's, at ah for adventisthealth.org to make your life easier friends i'm just going to make sure that i post this up at truetalk800.com on the difference makers page thank you <laughs> and 
<laughs> How on earth do you get two S's in Johnson? Crazy Louisiana people. In fact, one of the highlights of my life is is I got married in January, and, and uh, Jonathan and his wife, they came down to celebrate with us, and uh, just a fantastic time that we had. But I will tell people this, that if you run across any two S's Johnsons down in Louisiana, go the other way. And you tell, <laughs> you tell them Cousin Terry said that now. When we return more with Dr. Terry Johnson and Pastor Jonathan Russell on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thanks so much for joining Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, and I am privileged to be in the studio with the Executive Director of Mission Integration at Adventist Health in Portland, Dr. Terry Johnson. And next to him, Pastor Jonathan Russell, who is the young lead pastor, and I say that as a compliment, of Sunnyside Adventist Church, which is located on Southeast Market Street in Portland. So earlier on, Jonathan, you were telling us about the surprise that God placed on your heart to want to go after ministering at Sunnyside. So give us the big picture about Sunnyside Adventist Church. So our mission at Sunnyside is to inspire our community toward a life transformed by Jesus. We're looking for every opportunity that we can to interact with people, to to reveal to them that a life with Jesus is an inspiring life, that, that he wants to change us, he wants to grow us, he wants to make a difference in our lives. So we do that through our concert series, we do that through our children's ministries, we do that with by pa- partnering with organizations like Adventist Health to put on community events and, and clinics and different things like that, all in an effort to, to let people know that Christians care about one's quality of life, that we want you to live a life that is thriving in Jesus. I love that. And speaking of concerts, as you'd mentioned, Pastor Jonathan, Steve Green is coming September 16th. And if you'd like to be considered to sing in a backup choir, the number to call is 503-502-1376. That's 503-502-1376. And one of the things I want to add on to that is that um, part of my job is to get out in the community and visit churches. Uh, Many of you out there, you've seen me at your church. In fact, last year, uh, 57 churches in this community uh, and synagogues I was able to get out to. And I would say this is that uh, the Sunnyside Church is the real deal. Uh, um, um, With all the churches I have visited and great programs, uh, um, um, they are one of the ones, I'm not saying they're the only one, but they are definitely one of the ones that's the, they're the real deal. They're practicing what they preach uh, so much so that uh, um, never forget Jonathan and I uh, came up with this concept. Why not have a concert um, uh, uh, on weekend of Fourth of July and just just make it free for the community? And uh, um, um, Sunnyside Church, instead of uh, you know some churches would say we've never done that before. That's impossible. Instead, next I know Jonathan puts a team together. They put on one of the most fantastic children's program. And then the fruit of this was seeing neighborhood kids come and they're part of this 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 event and stay for a car. It was just absolutely beautiful. And they put up the money, the resources, without anything in return. It wasn't about we're going to collect an offering after this or the hospital. You have so much money. You need to do this. Is that they said this is something that's important in our community that would make a difference. We don't care what church you come from, what background, nationality, let's all come together. And that's exactly what happened. And I just um, see that over and over with the Sunnyside Church. And and the thing that made that event beautiful is that we had dozens of people that said, we believe in that. And so we're going to invest our effort and our energy 
to make that happen. Community events like this don't happen no. without incredible volunteer support and buy-in from from scores of people. And we're thankful to have that in our church community. So feel free to plug any of the partnering ministers or ministries that have come alongside you to help just reach the community. So we're developing the the relationship with Adventist Health. We've also worked with Portland Adventist Academy, which is just down the block from us. Uh, we're also hosting a free health clinic soon with a number of Seventh-day Adventist uh, churches throughout the Portland area and a nonprofit called Amen, that it'll be a free dental and uh, optometry uh, eye clinic. I don't know what that word is. Uh, you did good. <laughs> did did I get it all right? I'm dyslexic, so don't, don't take yeah. my word for so it. So, Pastor Jonathan, can you throw a, an email address at me so I could post it at truetalk800.com for those who might be curious or interested? Or yeah. will that be on your church's website? So, so the e- my email address is on the church's website, jonathan.russell at sunnysideadventist.org. If you're interested in participating in that free health clinic, you can find it at impactportlandpdx.com. Or impacthealthpdx.com. ImpactHealthPDX.com. I'll make sure I write that down. So, Jonathan, let's backtrack a little for you. You weren't always the lead pastor of Sunnyside Adventist Church. Where did you grow up, and was it a Christian household, and when did your faith become your own? Yeah, I grew up right here in Portland. My dad uh, came, uh, got a job here in Portland when I was about 11 or 12 years old, and so I really uh, came into my own here in Portland. Uh, I did grow up in a Christian family. I'm thankful to to actually be the fifth generation of of Seventh Day Adventist Christians in my family. It's it's a wonderful thing. Uh, and so you know, you grow up with all the morals and all the Bible stories and everything. But I still remember the day when my faith became my own. I was sitting in church on a Saturday morning, and my preacher or my pastor was preaching, and and I didn't like what he was preaching. Because it, it, it was related to Easter. I don't know if it was Easter weekend or not, but it was related to Easter. And he was teaching about the crucifixion of Jesus. And he was teaching about it in the kind of graphic detail that nobody really wants to hear. But the Holy Spirit did something with that sermon. Because as I was sitting there, I can even tell you the exact seat in that particular sanctuary where I was sitting, where I was just overwhelmed with the fact that if if the God of the universe could love me profoundly enough to be willing to go through that, Mm. then I can't help but spend my life serving him. And for that, from that point on, I mean, the conversation was over. I knew that I was committed to Jesus. I knew that Jesus had paid a price so profound for me that I couldn't do anything except serve him. And I didn't know if that was going to be in, in vocational ministry. I didn't know if that would be in, in some other career path. But I knew from that moment that, that my life was his, and I couldn't do anything else. That is a thing of beauty, Pastor Jonathan Russell of Sunnyside Adventist Church. And at the same time, I want to remind you, friends, getting out of bed is ministry. If God calls you to be a ditch digger— be the best ditch digger you yes. can, and yes. you will change the world from that ditch or from whatever vocation or education yes. you feel called to. I can't stand meeting people, 
kids, especially at concerts, who feel crushed. Oh, I want to work in the ministry someday. I want to be a Christian athlete or rock star. That's how I'm going to impact the world. Or I want to be like my youth pastor. And none of these are necessarily bad things, but think outside of the box a little because you can minister wherever God calls you. Exactly. In fact, I'd push it a step further. I have students come to me and say, you know, I think I want to be a pastor. And I'll tell them, if you can, in good conscience, do anything else, do it. Because God needs you in other parts of the world. There are people in this city that I will never reach as a, as a pastor. But other believers who are in different places in the city will have the opportunity to interact. And, and ministry happens uh, in a convicted heart, in a converted heart, where, wherever people are. Preaching Pastor Jonathan powerful, Russell. Powerful. So can you tell us where you met your wife? <laughs> I met my wife when she got into the sixth grade select choir here in Southeast Portland <laughs> in our junior academy. So are you a musician also? I, I can't say I'm a musician. I play yeah. a little bit. Listen of, in. Uh, He's been modest right now. He's I, been modest. You know, at First Friday, I do play some rhythm guitar. But I'm not that good at it. I, 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 I say I'm a worship leader. I, I've practiced and I've practiced enough to be able to support the band, to be able to lead a community in worship. But I'm not a, I'm not a spectacular musician by any means. Now, my wife, on the other hand, she's an incredible singer. Nice combination. Do you have any kids? We do. We have three kids. I have a daughter that's nine and sons that are seven and five. And they keep us jumping. I can imagine. Well, in addition to being the lead pastor of Sunnyside Adventist Church, congratulations on being a husband and a father. And again, to the newlywed Dr. Terry. Oh, thank you. You've got a pretty interesting story. Tell us where you met your wife. I'm curious. I met my wife. Um, I'm, I'm first time married. Um, I met my wife in Australia. Australia. Um, <laughs> I've better learn to say her country right, at least. But um, I was uh, doing some youth ministry work, speaking at a big citywide youth conference. And the funny thing was, when I first arrived there, uh, the pastor that sponsored me to come, um, they they were going to go to New Zealand to do something, but they asked if I could speak at public schools all throughout um, the uh, Melbourne, Australia area. And I, I said, no, I'd be no problem. They were just excited because the public schools had said, yes, we would love for this guy. And those who may know Australia, it's very secular. And so for them to say, yes, that was a huge ordeal. So they lined up as many stools as possible. So I get there to the airport, and uh, the pastor comes up to me and just says, okay, uh, here's the keys to the car. Uh, I, have, I have the addresses for you, but I have to go to New Zealand, and I'll meet you back here at the end of the week. And I looked at her and said, what do you mean? Drive around? I can't drive on the wrong side of the street. This is no way. And I got, I, I sweat broke out. I said, I'm not going to do this. This is, says, oh no, I don't know what to do. And she remembered that her roommate had just won teacher of the year, uh, the year before she uh, went to seminary and said, well, you know what? Um, my organizer of this, uh, um, she, uh, let me see if she can um, come and help because they've given her a month off because it's teacher of the year award. And so I said, all right. And so my wife became my chauffeur. And so we drove around, and she took me to the different stools to speak at. And all I can say is we both became friends. We really became friends. Uh, um, um, she was in a relationship. I was in a relationship. Never think anything about it. And we just became friends throughout the years, and that was 10 years ago. And uh, um, and then it developed, that friendship over time developed from there. 
And um, that was the thing that just really made the difference um, for us. I'm so happy for you. And <laughs> I, I will posit that if you look for a relationship, you may end up settling for something less than God's best for you. Whereas if you look for a friendship, see what God does with it. That's it. I'm just saying. Oh, I see Pastor Jonathan's about to... Yeah, you know, I, I love the last little part of the story because it was two and a half years ago, right after I became the lead pastor at Sunnyside, where I got this resume from Australia for an associate. And as we were looking through it, um, we, we decided to call this young woman to be my associate pastor. And we made the invitation and she accepted. And it was a week or two later where I met Terry in the hallway. He goes, I'm really excited about this new associate that you're bringing in. And I I said, oh, yeah. He goes, yeah, we're pretty good friends. And, (laughs) And he says, I think maybe sometime soon. She could become my wife. And I said, are you serious? <laughs> it's just a bit. It was just a crazy story. And it's so funny because we had just been praying. Um, I lived in Washington, D.C. at the time. Um, Pastor Carr lived all the way in Australia, 10,000 miles away. And so uh, we just had concluded that we'll just be friends because you know, I, I, I knew the Lord had called me to the D.C. area and the Lord had called to Australia. Who would have ever known we both ended up in the city of Portland? And um, it's just such a God thing. Absolutely wild story of what God can do when we just kind of start to listen to him. Yes. Great thoughts from Pastor Jonathan Russell of Sunnyside Adventist Church and Dr. Terry, as heard on 104.1 The Fish. So tell us one more time. Give us an invitation to your first Friday. Yeah, and I want to stress that a first Friday is something for everyone. I'm, I'm just amazed every week that um, people from the hospital come. And the thing that probably gets me excited the most is when someone says, you know what, I was a patient here a few weeks ago, and now I'm here praising God in the same place where I thought my life was going to end at. And so I just want to stress to you, uh, um, come on out and just just try it. Uh, um, if you're a member of a church community, still come out and just try it, because many times you may have children or you may have neighbors who you cannot bring to your particular congregation for whatever reason. But if you want to just bring them to a starting place, a place where just to connect at this is the place uh, um, you can bring them. They can also uh, sign up for uh, soup and salad. Uh, uh, in fact, um, you can simply go to uh, the sister station, uh, The Fish. Uh, there's a whole little uh, link on there called First Friday. Click on that and then let us know that you're going to come out uh, for our soup and salad. And you don't have to register for the event, but if you do want to have a meal with us, uh, let us know that. But either way, we just want you to come out and just hang out with us. And the food is wonderful at Adventist Health. So thank you so much, Pastor Jonathan Russell and Dr. Terry Johnson, for joining us on Difference Makers. All this information on our website, truetalk800.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.